2: Conspiracy Unlimited
1: with Richard Serrett.
0: On this episode, an author researcher discovers the insidious nature of mind control.
2: I was blown away by a lot of what I learned. I knew a little bit about MKUltra and I knew a lot about cult. You know, I just never knew that it was so insidious and that there were so many different ways that it hits us through the media and politics and surveillance but what it did is it made me more aware
0: if you enjoy conspiracy unlimited why not become a conspiracy unlimited plus member for just a $1.99 per month you'll gain access to two bonus exclusive commercial free episodes per month plus access to my back catalog of episodes that's over 350 episodes to subscribe Welcome to your Monday. Marie Jones is standing by to discuss a history of mind control, surveillance, and social engineering by the government, media, and and secret societies. Before that, a reminder, this Friday, August 21st, I'll be sitting in for George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM, and I'll be hosting again on Saturday, August the 22nd. Hope you can tune in to this remarkable late-night talk radio program. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. Emerson, one of my favorites, wrote that society everywhere is in conspiracy against the manhood of every one of its members. The virtue in most requests is conformity. Self-reliance is its aversion. Now, I'm not 100% sure what Emerson meant by that. But to me, he's speaking about the tremendous pressure brought to bear on individualism by not only the state, but also society at large. Your neighbors, perhaps, the other parents at the PTA meeting, your colleagues at work. Uh, The vast majority have been conscripted in a war against the individual. And the goal is conformity, submission, unquestioning submission to authority. Now, this isn't new. It didn't start with Edward Snowden when, when he blew the whistle on the NSA. Brainwashing, mind control, social engineering, surveillance, coercion by the state, the media, secret societies, goes back to ancient Egypt and perhaps beyond. And the history of the war for our minds has been nicely correlated by a good friend of the program. Marie Jones is the author of several books about the paranormal, metaphysics, and cutting-edge science, many co-authored with Larry Flaxman, including The Deja Vu Enigma, Destiny vs. Choice, and 11.11, The Time-Prompt Phenomenon. She's appeared on more than 1,000 radio shows worldwide and on television, most recently on the History Channel's Ancient Aliens series. Marie, how are you?
2: I am doing good. Thanks for having me back.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you. You are a yeah. very prolific, you and uh, Larry, Larry Flaxman, <laughs> who's not with us tonight, incredibly no. prolific.
2: Well, uh, I, I think after this we're going to take a little break.
0: <laughs> what's a break for you, three weeks?
2: <laughs> oh, next year is our next non-fiction book, although we, we are working on actually a fiction project and a screenplay. But, you know, doing a book like this, it's, there's so much research and... I'm telling you, it really does. Your brain needs a break after a while. So well, this this, is a, this was a tough one. <laughs>
0: it is, and it's a very sinister arena you've entered into. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Are you in contact with, with uh, targeted individuals? What are people talking to you about?
2: Yeah, here's the thing. Um, because I've been a writer and I've been just interested in so many different things, and this applies to Larry as well. I know I can speak for him. You know, when we set out to write a book, it's got to be something that we're so fascinated with that we want to spend this amount of time and energy on, and and something that we want to learn about as well. So we've been writing a lot of paranormal, a lot of you know, quantum physics, that kind of stuff, but we never really sort of delved too much into the more conspiracy angles. We always felt like, I certainly felt like, it's been covered. <laughs> I mean, there are so many books out there uh, on mind control and this, that, and the other thing. Why would ours be any different? But what we found is that there wasn't quite something that really uh, gave a sort of general introductory overview into these subjects. For a more mainstream audience that would be easy to find, and we thought, well, maybe, maybe, you know, from a, a more objective standpoint, we can do something like this. Yeah, we'll cover all the conspiracy elements, but we'll also cover, you know, the real historical elements, and we'll get into some other things that maybe, you know, people haven't touched upon as much, and It really was um, a way to answer the need that we thought, you know, because if I would have gone to a bookstore or gone online to look for key phrase words, mind control, you're bombarded with so many amazing books. You don't know where to start. And we always like to write books that we feel are good starting points that give a sort of a general education on each subject or each category and then you go take off and research what really turns you on on your own. And that's kind of how the book came about. Right. But and yes, I have been contacted. You know, I when I was young, <laughs> in my 20s, way back when, um, I was heavily involved in the animal rights movement, in the anti-nuclear movements. There was a lot of um, surveillance going on. And, you know, I, I've always been hanging around the rebels and the, the misfits and the troublemakers, so to speak. But uh, when I started writing this book, it's really interesting how quickly people came to me and started, "Oh, I heard you're writing a book on mind control. I'm a, I'm a targeted individual." And at the time, I was like, "What does that even mean?" Um, or I've had V2K happen to me, and I was like, "What? I haven't researched that yet." But there, there seemed to be this real cry of people that want to be heard and acknowledged and have had things happen and know about things and they feel like they're not being heard or they're being treated as if they're a joke, they're being made fun of. So, yeah, it was really interesting, the people that sort of started approaching me.
0: Well, you mentioned V2K, Voice to Skull. Yeah. And and uh, there are patents online for this. Uh, I believe Pentagon officials have admitted the right, technology right. exists. It it's is possible to for a while. Sure. A pulse a microwave, a pulse microwave signal and plant voices in someone's head so that only they can hear them. Right. People can search this. You go online in the New York Times, an article there archived, and I, I believe this goes back to the mid to late 1950s. Uh, they were reporting on, again, New York Times, reporting on the experiments of a Dr. Jose Delgado, who was a neurologist at uh, Yale, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was able to place uh, these uh, these brain uh, implants uh, on uh, monkeys and dogs and uh, even a bull. A and, bull, and yeah. And then using a radio transmitter mm-hmm. receiver. Uh, was able, and, and I, I think he, the quote was something like, he could play these animals like electronic toys. He could make mm-hmm. them like sit up.
2: remote-controlled cars and,
0: exactly. you he, know,
2: that, that our kids play with.
0: He even made a charging yeah. bull stop in its tracks and then just sort of saunter off in another direction, again, using these radio signals. If that was possible nearly 60 years ago, what <laughs> can they do now?
2: Absolutely, and I'm sure that... Uh, you know, the technology has advanced by leaps and bounds. And with the V2K, I mean, that's been around since the early 60s. And we also have sonic, they're called non-lethal weapons. And we have sonic weapons that use sound, sound waves that can disable or disorient or, or even kill, I, I suppose, if they wanted to. Um, microwave pulses of heat, we have... Uh, Oh gosh, what else? Um, the Leda and all kinds of new weapons that have been around actually for a while. So I can't even imagine. Here's here's what I think though. So you've got that uh, you've got these quote unquote directed energy weapons that use microwaves, they use heat, they use sound waves, light, whatever, whatever can alter or manipulate our brains. Now we have these wonderful things called drones. That are buzzing around and and often flying under the radar and undetectable. I think it's only a matter of time before you start hearing about drones that are carrying this kind of technology and being used to, you know, put down riots or protests or... Uh well, even just uh, quiet gatherings of civilians, you know, talking about how much they hate the government. But uh, that's one of the things that bothers me the most is the insidious nature of these new technologies. Is that with something like V two K or microwave pulsing, you don't know what's hitting you. You start feeling sick. You hear voices. You you know you feel disoriented. You may be vomiting and have. Heat rashes break out on your skin, massive headaches.
0: Forced speech, saying inappropriate things.
2: Exactly, exactly. You feel, quote, not yourself, unquote, but you don't know why. And so what do you do? You go to the doctor and they tell you, well, maybe you need an antidepressant or something. And you have no way of knowing if this is something that you're experiencing. Um, I've heard from targeted individuals who don't know why they're targeted. They don't have uh, government jobs. They, they're not whistleblowers. They, um, they don't have access to classified information where you can find a motive for them being targeted and stalked and harassed.
0: To me that's those are the really most credible scary. cases too the people that uh, and I've, I've talked to some
2: uh,
0: alleged targeted individuals the people that come along and say I have no idea why this is happening yeah. to me those are the most credible ones versus well uh, you know I worked with DARPA and uh, you know I had access to this and that and I think that's why uh, it's it's the it's the average citizen
2: um is right, being targeted right. and it's what are we guinea pigs and I've talked to a few and I've said well why do you think you know what possible, and, and more than a few felt like they were just test subjects, that they were just guinea pigs, that, you know, it's like, well, if not me, then you, uh, and, and they were just picked out in a crowd to be experimented on, and, and that's really frightening because it makes you feel like, well, gee, if I keep my nose clean and I, I, I don't do anything wrong, you know, I don't even have a speeding ticket, I could still become a target of this kind of activity, uh, and then for me, as a writer, I you know I feel like well, gee, I've got some reasons why you might want to target me. I do want to tell you something interesting though. With the V two K, is that when Larry and I were writing the book, and this is about a year ago that we were actually deeply involved in that chapter and doing the research, I started hearing um, a lot of beeps and clicks in my head. Interesting. And and, you know, I'm a pretty smart girl, <laughs> and I don't I don't buy into things, you know, without proof. But I started noticing at the same time it would happen, I would feel a sort of buzzing sensation that would start under my feet and go up into my legs. And I started getting really scared. I thought that this might be a symptom of multiple sclerosis or some kind of, you know, neurological disorder, what have you. And I went to my doctor, and she said, you know, you're fine, you're fine. You know, maybe it's just where you're living, maybe you're being exposed to some electronic or whatever. But as time went on, I started to notice that the beeps and clicks sounded very much like Morse code. I have a familiarity with Morse code because I'm a ham radio operator. And I thought, this is really weird. I wonder if somebody's messing with me. You know, and you kind of get oh, paranoid dare. when you're writing a book.
0: Well, listen, uh, Dr. Hall was telling me uh, recently, he said that in his experience, in his research, that the, the voice to skull often starts as tinnitus. It's almost as as if they're trying yeah. to find a resonant frequency.
2: Yeah, and the ringing sounds, but they would have a pattern to them. You know, it wouldn't just be, nah, nah, like, oh man, my hearing is going. There would be very distinct lengths of of the tones that were being played in my head. And every now and then I could hear voices. And I thought, well, you know, I live in a condo. Maybe it's my neighbors. But as I'm doing this research, I'm really starting to think, wow, I wonder if just because now I'm aware of it. And the funny thing is, is when I moved from that location and we turned the book into the editor, um, it stopped. And I've had it a couple of times since, but nowhere near
0: isn't that interesting?
2: What was going on? So I thought that was kind of creepy.
0: Beyond creepy, Murray. Yeah.
2: So, what about is. your I co-author
0: Larry? Has Larry Flaxman experienced anything like
2: you this? You know, I he never said he did, but he works during the day and he works you know, in a very loud, active, and he actually works for Homeland Security, believe it or not. Um, oh, isn't And so that I thought, well, maybe because I'm at home all the time, and it's very quiet. Maybe I'm more aware of it. Because I notice that when I you know when you're really busy and you're distracted, it, it, you're not going to hear. It's very subtle. What
0: are so you I'm hearing like, about? Um,
2: Noticed it. Oh.
0: Yeah. That. Oh. You can imagine. You get. Then you had a sort of a small taste of what
2: leaves yeah, people. These, peop- yeah, these it victims. It's making me crazy. I, I went to my doctor. You know, I ca- kept calling her. This is making me crazy. I, I can't get this crap out of my head, and I need to work. You know, and. So I can only imagine, and I know that some of these targeted individuals are also feeling and being exposed to, you know, high amounts of radiation. And uh, it's making not only them sick, but their children, their families, it's, crippling them to the point where they can't work they can't function
0: that's the thing it's not just I met a family in Seattle the entire family was was targeted and and they showed me pictures of, uh, when an incident would start and it would it would uh, it would come on all of a sudden and it would last for for you know several days uh, and the uh, the father of the family would be bedridden and when you when I saw the pictures sort of the uh, when he was in the full you know, symptoms, Uh, he was unrecognizable. And uh, even the dog uh, had uh, the entire muzzle was inflamed and and bright red. And the children had these horrible rashes all over their bodies. Uh, And and they logged uh, because it's not just not just the the, the, the person involved, uh, their electronic equipment, their appliances. Right. uh, They had a log of all of the um, sort of the things that went wrong with their. They were replacing, you know, microwave ovens, washers, dryers, cameras like every six months.
2: Yeah, yep. Was that the Jesus Maldonado, by any chance, his family?
0: Uh No, it wasn't, no.
2: Okay, well, yeah, there's a, a man in Texas, and his family went through the very same thing. But he actually took his case all the way to the Supreme Court level, where it was thrown out of court. But, you know, he documented... um taking it to the state court and then to the federal level, all of the harassment, the times, the, the things that were happening, he has pictures of his children, their faces look like they're bloated and red. And they look, you know, what? it reminds me of one of those movies uh, about a nuclear bomb going off. And you you see the people with these red pulpy faces. It's just horrifying. So there's more than one family going through this. Now, Who's, you know, who's paying attention to this? What what can they do? And this is what frustrates me the most is that the only attention that these people seem to get is from people like us.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Who who are open-minded enough to say, okay, tell me what happened. and um, But beyond that, it, it's very frightening that these kinds of things can happen to human beings and... There's nothing you can do about it. Well, you know, it's a kind of a helpless feeling.
0: According to some estimates, there are about 300,000. Uh, now, these are American figures. I don't know what the figures are in Canada. Typically, it's sort of, you know, let's say one tenth. Right, um, right, So let's say, you know, over 300,000 North Americans uh, being targeted. Now, wow. are those 300,000 simply the ones that are resisting, and that's why we're hearing from them? Uh, maybe to a certain level, we're all being targeted.
2: Well, yeah, and you got to think, too, are those the 300,000 the ones that are aware of it? Because if you read some of the symptoms of electronic or microwave harassment, it can make you feel like you're coming down with some horrible disease or you're, you're extremely fatigued or maybe there's something in your home like mold or, uh, you know, faulty wiring. I mean, I don't know that that's the first thing that the majority of Americans would think of when they're experiencing these things. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I wanted to add another book into the mix so that the more people read about this, somebody out there is going to say, this is happening to me. Holy crap, look at this list that they have in this book. This is happening to me. Because I never would have known what was going on. I would have thought, dang, now my hearing is going. <laughs> yeah, first, my vision. and uh, So people just aren't aware of it, except for those of us that have a reason to be aware of it, I think.
0: And for those who, who may doubt this story and think it's ridiculous, first of all, we know the technology is available. It exists.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: but secondly, the other problem is often, whoever these perps are, they're very clever. They will often pick on people who are already sort of discredited. Uh, they yeah. may have a criminal yeah. record. They may have dabbled in, you know, narcotics or alcohol. Uh, they may even have some other underlying uh, mental health issue. So they're very easy to dismiss. I mean, we know that, you know, typically, uh, you know, governments have experimented on the prison population, for example.
2: Yep, orphans, the mentally ill, pregnant women, you name it. If you are in any way, shape or form at a disadvantage, you know, they've got their radar or their target on you. And I totally agree with that because I think people that are you know, in a position where they can fight back. I mean, I don't think they're going to pick on a lot of politicians and lawyers, but you're right. It seems like they are very um, clever in the way that they choose their victims. They choose people that if they were to speak out, those people would be almost instantly discredited.
0: Who who are the perps, do you think?
2: Oh, Such a good question. But here's what I've heard. And, and you know, again, We always say the government, well, the government of whatever nation is is, uh, using this kind of technology, and I'm sure it's not just the United States or the military. We have these sort of broad umbrella terms for who we think is responsible, the CIA, the NSA, what have you. But a couple of the TIs that I talked to, they were really enlightening because they said that they felt that even private corporations have access to this technology, and... You know, why not? Why They are entities among themselves. I mean, private corporations are so powerful. They actually have personhood rights in the United States, and they may be doing this too, but it also could be, you know, these real uh, sort of unabomber-like people that um, are lone wolves, but they're brilliant with technology, and they just are harassing a neighbor. I think the TI really has to kind of Try to find out who, you know, first of all, what reason there might be, if there is one. Um, and then why or who? And I don't know how you do that. Because, again, if you try to, well, you know, if you go to the police, what are they going to do? If you go to the media, oh, please. So I think they rely on people that are in the field of conspiracies and uh, the paranormal, what have you. People that are open-minded.
0: More of my conversation with Marie Jones when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. One tablespoon of ESS-60 from C60 EVO helps keep me pain-free, energized, and mentally focused. And I'm sleeping so much better since I started taking ESS-60 back in November. ESS-60 is the consumable form of C60, the miracle molecule discovered by Nobel Prize-winning chemists in the 1990s. ESS-60 is a mega antioxidant, 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. Check out the PARIS study, a peer-reviewed scientific study online, where ESS-60, suspended in olive oil, was fed to rats. The rats fed ESS-60 lived almost twice their normal lifespan. I can't sit here and tell you I'm going to live to be 112. But I'm 56 and I haven't felt this youthful, energized, and pain-free since I was in my 20s. ESS60 from C60 Evo. If you want to discover the benefits of this amazing miracle molecule for yourself, go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the link for C60Evo.com. And don't forget to use the code RS1SPEC when ordering and you'll receive an additional 5% off. ESS60, the miracle molecule from C60 Evo. It's changed my life. Discover what it can do for you. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA and is not intended to cure, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider.
1: If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited. With Richard Serrett.
0: All right, back to Marie Jones, uh, Mind Wars. Um, you know, let's set the, all the technology as, aside for a moment and, and let's talk about other forms of mind control uh, because they are many. Uh, and oh, as you yeah. point out, they go back to, to ancient uh, Egypt. But I want to talk about social engineering right now, because uh, this is something I see. Um, and and I, I see the media certainly as being witting participants in this. Uh, and for example, and, and politicians now, uh, Recent, uh, there was a recent hearing, uh congressional hearing, in which a, uh, a senator or a congressman um, likened conspiracy bloggers to ISIS terrorists oh, uh, and David Cameron the Prime Minister of the UK has, has uh, echoed oh. similar sentiments I mean this to me is part of the conditioning right?
2: Oh absolutely yeah Give me some more Language examples of social engineering and, Yeah well um, social engineering is really just the means by which the media politicians religious leaders even advertisers coerce us into a certain type of behavior or a certain thought process. Um, It's a form of mind control that is very manipulative and very subtle sometimes because, as you said, it involves a lot of the use of language, of framing, um, of associating fear and, and hatred and anger, and one of the most interesting experiments with social engineering is something that I think we'll all relate to because a lot of us are on Facebook. And I know a lot of people don't know this, but um, in 2012, Facebook actually conducted a little social programming experiment of its own where it uh, used a very special algorithm that they had developed that would post either Uh, positive or negative emotional content. And the idea was that they would take 700,000 users and manipulate the content that was going up and down their walls to see what kind of a response they could get. Now, these people didn't know that this was happening. They didn't know that they were guinea pigs, you know, for Facebook's little social experiment um, and it came out later because it was published in a scientific journal and it also came out later that that wasn't the first time that Facebook had done that kind of thing so we have every time you turn on the television every time you go on uh, the online to a news channel or even social networking you know, any time you are exposed to a religious leader talking or a politician, chances are your mind is being a little bit manipulated.
0: It is insidious. Starts,
2: it is insidious.
0: I don't know that you touched on this in in Mind Wars, but I'm hearing a lot about um, people will go to public meetings. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's say there's some sort of a development happening, and they say, oh, we've been Delphi'd, a Delphi technique, where they make the, the people that go to these meetings think that what is ever being proposed by whatever agency, like it's their idea, and oh. they are sort of manipulated into right. sort of accepting what's being proposed even though, and apparently this is an old technique, it's called the Delphi technique. Are, are you familiar with that at all?
2: I've, I've heard of it, but I had no idea that's what it was. It reminds me of some of the other, you know, sort of Est-type, uh, almost cult-like Groups and organizations from the '70s, where you thought that you were going to a sort of self-empowerment conference, and you know, really what you were doing is being brainwashed. Um, But it is interesting. I mean, it's sort of a turn the tables type of manipulation. Well, let's make these people think that it's their idea, and then they'll be much more accepting of it. Wow, you know, that's how we get into wars and. That's how we give up our, our personal rights, you know, for the sake of security is by somebody manipulating our beliefs and making us think, oh, this is the best thing for us. Yes, this is great. Yeah. Oh, this was our idea. Uh, that's interesting. We did not mention it in the book, but we do talk about all the different ways that the group mind is manipulated and controlled. And a lot of times you're not even aware of it. Language, so important. Absolutely. The words that that go into your brain and, and the way that they're structured and framed and these little sound bites you know that we hear that get in our brain like the war on drugs and you know the dirty poor and those rotten Muslim terrorists I mean you get these little sound bites in your head and before you know it you're acting exactly the way they want you to act.
0: You know what the the, the I think the latest buzzword is and and it can mean the problem is it can mean so many different things to so many people but th- that buzzword to me is well there are two of them one one is Smart development, which tends to suggest, you know, stacked housing, dense, you know, increasing the density along public, Uh you know, smart, smart, um, development, and then the, or smart living. The other one is, and I know this is controversial, but social justice. Uh, because social justice can, exactly, exactly.
2: (laughs) But that's perfect. I mean, how do you argue against somebody who's standing in front of you and saying, but this is about social justice. Because if you start arguing, you're the one that looks like the idiot. Exactly. Exactly. And if you fight against smart anything, you're the one that looks like you don't want progress. Precisely. You don't want to advance the country. You're, you, you just want to keep things the way they are. and uh, It's perfect.
0: Precisely. Now, um I think, uh, I want to get your take on this, because I think one of the most, the most effective but subtle uh, forms of control is the fact that we are all so busy now, you know, with the decline of the middle class and the economy the way it is, we are so busy chasing our tails, working harder and harder, it seems for less yep. and less, trying to get ahead but failing, sliding back, that we don't have time. To, for example, uh, investigate cases of electronic harassment, we don't have time no, uh, to, don't. To, to you know to petition Parliament or Congress or or to object to anything. you know if there was an ever ever a time in history where we 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 should, we should be seeing you know uh, protests in the streets uh, uh, protest songs, none of that no. is going on. No.
2: None yeah. We, we're being numbed and dumbed, I like to say. Um, the distractions, the, the overload of information that we have coming at us is really meant to just kind of numb our brains. And, and of course the media loves to dumb us down so that we just, we're like the, you know, hamsters on the hamster wheel. We, and when we get home from our jobs and dealing with our kids and this, that, and the other thing and paying our bills, we don't have the energy to get out there, go to a protest or go to a meetup and, Fight, you know, fight the man. We're exhausted. All we want to do is go to bed. I think that there's also a higher prol- proliferation now of autoimmune diseases, of depression, of anxiety, of you know, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. People are sick. People are sick. They're so overloaded. They're so tired. They're so exhausted. You know, we're not the healthiest people in the world. <laughs> so when you're asked. To fight, you know, the answer is going to be, well, you know what, I need to take a nap first. And yeah. and we didn't even touch too much on surveillance, but my God, are we being watched by oh, everything.
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, we have a few moments. We, we can talk about that. I mean, and obviously yeah. this didn't start with Edward Snowden's revelations. Uh, this has been going on for for a long time.
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, a- any you want to talk about computers, and, and any time you turn on your computer, you're being watched your cell phones your your iPads your gadgets um, one of the really creepy things we learned was that you know there's satellite surveillance there's camera street camera surveillance obviously that's very obvious now there's drone surveillance and a lot of these satellites and drones have the ability to see through walls so if you think that oh I'm safe in my home nobody you know I've got my blinds or my shutters closed no listen. People can invade your mind. What makes you think they can't see everything, every move you're making? And we know that there's cyber surveillance. We know that cell phones have the ability to take pictures of you, to you know track every call that you make. But for some reason, we're accepting this.
0: Yes, we've we've uh, we've created a um, a generation of, of, of young people who don't even care about privacy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Although I will say on my son's behalf, he's 14. He and his friends are pretty savvy when it comes to um, coming up with ways to, to sort of beat the system. <laughs> and uh, it's real interesting that some of these really brilliant kids that are really technology oriented, that that is one of their goals, is we're going to beat this. You guys couldn't do it. You're too, you know, you're too lazy. You're too distracted. But, yeah, I think there's also quite a bit of young people and older people who either don't care or they're just not aware. No, that's true. That when you're on your computer online, on your online bank, somebody could be recording all of your keystrokes. I mean, it's just amazing.
0: And And the rejoinder that I hear that is so distressing to me time and time again from people who have no problem with it is, well, if you've got nothing to hide, we all have something to hide.
2: Well, it, and that shouldn't even be. You know, what the heck happened to to privacy, to personal privacy? That I could do what I want in my home, and now they're invading my mind. Come on, that's our last bastion of freedom—is the, the thoughts that we think.
0: Well, and because what goes we've
2: on in our brains,
0: we've 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 bought that line that it's we need to trade a little bit of liberty for a little bit of security.
2: To, please, please. <laughs> but we're neither free or secure, are we? No exactly. If that's the the ultimate joke, the ultimate irony. yeah.
0: I mean, if if you're being targeted, uh, you know there there are Faraday cages. You can, you know, there are certain things that have proved somewhat effective. Uh, but if I mean, how do we avoid the the mass social engineering and brainwashing that that, that comes at us from from our television, or the nightly news, uh, uh, the uh, billboards? Uh, it's just, we're inundated with it. How do we avoid that?
2: It is. I mean, I could say turn off your TV and don't go on the computer or use your cell phone, but that's really not reasonable. And I think for me, because that, you know, we didn't want to write a book that made people so miserable that they jumped off bridges. We do have some control here. We do need to start using discernment about what we're looking at and listening to, what we're buying into. I always say detach a little. Take a step back from anything that you hear. What does your gut tell you? Do a little bit of research. What'll well, take you an hour to research a topic or a subject that you may not know enough about? Read books. Listen to radio shows like this. It's, uh, I think awareness is the key because the more and more people become aware of this, then I think we can possibly turn the tide. It's just right now we're still at that point where we haven't reached the, you know, critical mass or the tipping point. There's still too many people out there that think that Nothing like this is happening. This is just stuff that happens on conspiracy movies, you know, like or the X-Files or what have you. Um, But it's real. And I don't want people to feel powerless.
0: Well, and and we all better start paying attention and looking into this because, you know, uh, the next victim uh, for electronic harassment could be you know, one of us, or you, or someone Absolutely.
2: listening. Absolutely. And now, you know, anybody hearing this who thinks that that might be them, reach out. You could reach out to me. You could reach out to Richard. And there are people out there that we can kind of help you figure out what's going on. And I think that the more that network spreads, like an octopus with the tentacles, you know, at some point, we're going to have enough people that are aware of what's going on. That's going to be harder for the perpetrators to do what they've been doing.
0: You started out, you know, being somewhat skeptical or, as you as you admitted, sort of unaware of this until people started approaching you and telling you about, uh, you know, V2K and so forth. How has this sort of altered the trajectory of, of your life?
2: I was blown away by a lot of what I learned. I, I knew a little bit about MK Ultra, and I knew a little, little, you know, I knew a lot about cults. I had researched cults and the mind control issues, but, you know, I just never knew that it... It was so insidious and that there were so many different ways that it hits us through the media and politics and surveillance and you know but what it did is it made me more aware so now when I go about my business I am a little more careful and I and I try to teach my son Um, and now when I talk to people I can tell them what I know because I think that's the best thing that we can do is spread our knowledge
0: well, you've yeah, done a great job. Away. You, uh, Congratulations <laughs> to you and uh, Larry. Uh, Mind oh, Wars.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: It's really a must read uh, because there is a war on for all of our minds. And uh, I'm hoping that this book is going to be the tipping point for people to become aware of what is going on. Marie, always a pleasure. Thank you.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Richard.
0: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments to fill you in on an upcoming episode. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet patreon.com forward slash strange planet Coming up next time a military historian discusses the untold story of Canada's tragedy at Dieppe during World War II
2: This is one of the things that I think permeates the history of the Dieppe
1: operation was this essential question. What was this all about?
2: And I think his answer on that particular day pretty much summed up the frustration for almost every man who was there, with the exception of those who would have been in the know, which would have been just a tiny handful of what Dieppe was all about. And that frustration has, you know, something really that's lasted for almost 70 years.
0: Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.